We carry on through our day as if everything is just fine. But for many of us, it's merely a mask covering up all the emotion simmering just under the surface. Welcome to Stories from the Heart of Leadership with Shamin Sadiq. In this program, you'll hear from others who face the same adversities in life as the rest of us. But these individuals have redirected their energies to creating extraordinary ideas and concepts. Find out what they are and what's behind the motive. Now, here is your host, Shamin Sadiq. Hello and welcome to week seven of Stories from the Heart of Leadership on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. I'm your host, Shamin Sadiq. I was thinking to this morning about what I left you with last time. Uh, remember at the end of each show, I leave you with something to let simmer in the pot, just like that soup that I talked about a few weeks ago that, that comes together if we actually put all the ingredients in and, and just let it cook on low heat for a long time. And the simmer in the pot last week was the one about partnership, what would be possible if, um, if we partnered. And so I was thinking about partnership with myself, letting that simmer over the week. And what I realized for myself is that I love to do new things. And I'm convinced that when I have energy to try something new, I should actually do that because it will increase my resilience. It will make me more effective and just empower me even more. So I've been having this urge to extend energy outwards. I I often feel like I'm spending time sitting and and receiving and allowing, but there's a little impatient part of me that wants to do something. And I I thought maybe martial arts would be a way for me to do that. Actually, it came up in a conversation that I had with our guest for today's show. And so I, I found a martial arts class to go to, and I went. And I was a bit nervous on my way in because I've never done that before, and I was certain I'd be the the oldest, uh, only female, weakest person in the room and all the the limiting thoughts that I had on my way in. But I, I went anyway. And there was a partner exercise that we did where we held a knife. Uh, okay, it was dull. It wasn't a sharpened knife, but it was the same size as a knife that somebody might use uh, if they were attacking. And we were asked to be the attacker and then the... Um, I don't know what to call it, attacky, I guess. So the first role that I played was I stood still and the other person came at me with the knife and I you know, learned lots of things about what it's like to, to feel that fear and to watch someone rushing up uh, looking like they're going to attack. But the thing that surprised me the most was that when it was my turn to hold the knife, that scared me more than when I was being attacked. And so at the end of the class, the teacher asked us to to say a few words about how it was for me. And I mentioned this to him. And he said to me, well, you know, the, how you are in that situation is, is a reflection of how you are in life. And he said, because you work with kids and you teach people and you, you care about people and you're there for people, it would be very hard for you to actually pick up a knife and go attack someone. So that made sense to me, but I have to say I wasn't thrilled with what he said because I always like to think that I could be more fierce. So it leaves me in the inquiry, you know, what are my gifts? Uh, this teacher was telling me that my gift is the gift of compassion and heart and, and caring and love, and I love that. And I also want to build more fierceness and more directiveness and ability to extend energy into action. So it inspires me to continue on this path of leadership, continuing to do my own work. Uh, 
And part of how I do that is I work with someone who, I work with many people actually who help me. And one of the people who I work with is our guest for today. And she is Deborah McRae of Shine Communications and Personal Growth. Now I've been working with Deborah, I think upwards of five years or coming up on five years. <laughs> we, we see each other often and um, she is a vital a crucial part of my own development, both as a as a leader, as a, an executive coach, but also as a human being uh, walking this path in life. So, Deborah, welcome, and thank you so much for joining me here today. Well, thank you for partnering in my growth, Shamine, because this is kind of forcing me to the next step. So, you mentioned uh, about partnering, and I consider how we work together and how I work with clients to be through the, the lens of partnering. And I often say to them that I may be mentoring them at this particular point on their journey, but I work horizontally. We could just as easily switch chairs, and they could be mentoring me in different areas of my own life. So to me, Michelle, I mean, you're really um, a medicine sister, and I recognize that even though I sometimes act in, in your life as kind of a sacred catalyst and occasionally a sacred cattle prod that, that you've come <laughs> into my life to kind of give me a bit of a sacred wedgie and get my voice and teachings out into the world. So uh, thank you. Thank you so much for that. Well, and, you know, the reason that I asked you to come is because I believe so strongly in how your teachings have helped me and I know are helping others. And so um, you having this opportunity to bring your voice um, more publicly out is, uh, is my, my pleasure, but also um, something I couldn't not do. So, and, and the biggest reminder that um, our work evokes in me is that I'm on a path and we talked about this show being uh, named the path of the wounded healer and we uh, this is this is the thing that you have illuminated for me is that we're all on a path and I sometimes talk about it as you know the path home to who we really are but I wondered if you would tell us a little bit more about what you mean when you when you use the term wounded healer okay well the first thing that I really noticed that clients have in common, and this is one of the wounds that kind of underlies a big part of humanity, is that we have this sense of being broken and needing fixing, Mm -hmm. and this is something that I really want to change the perception of, and and that's a big part of what I want to talk today, to to use this framework of talking about um, the wound, the journey, and what distinguishes a wounded healer, because really, we're not just talking wounded healers. We all are healers in certain ways, and we're really talking about wounded humans, mm-hmm. wounded parents, teachers, leaders. Parenting is one of the biggest paths of leadership in this world, and we really underestimate the value of it. So... Just, just kind of giving people a bit of a sense of, of beginning. I kind of hold this in a spiritual framework, but taking it a little bit further, expanding the lens further, is what we're really talking about is the metaphysical path, the path of universal law. 
so it, it doesn't get really, um, it's not about religion. It's about what happens before religion ever really exists, when everyone, because we're coming on to the earth, exists as pure energy and consciousness and light. And that's really a really, really high expanded frequency. And this next part, I really don't have a great sense. This is something I'd like to ask more about. And it's more about the process of how and why we somehow make the decision to come to the earth and follow this path. So that part's a bit, well, every, all of it's a, a mystery, but this part is, is a real mystery as the why. But at some point we do, and, and we have to go from this huge dynamic frequency and little bit by little bit begin to condense that energy that frequency so that we can fit into the earth plane. And if you imagine um, a one-ton elephant and trying to fit that elephant into a pair of skinny jeans, Mm. but it's just about like that. Wow. And probably just about as uncomfortable. And and so we're this expanded light in consciousness, um, and that's the spiritualizing point, and then we've got to kind of learn how to fit into matter, into these very, very small bodies. And the thing is, that process is one of the first woundings that we all experience, because we forget. Hmm. And we forget what? We forget that we chose the journey. And what distinguishes the, the wounded healer is that in the journey of going from energy into matter, going from the unit of state onto the earth, is that wounded healers have kind of come here on a working visa rather than a tourist visa. <laughs> so I love we, that. We, we came here with... The, the conscious intention at that point um, to take on a wound and the intent was that through uncovering that wound and healing it that we had a purpose to help evolve the consciousness of the planet. So this is in the realm of what some people talk about when they say life purpose. Yeah. We came here with some reason to be here, some purpose, some work to do. Mm. Yes. And what I've come to understand is that the more responsible, the the bigger the purpose that we came here for, the more exaggerated or the bigger the wound or the bigger the number of wounds we're going to take on to accomplish that. Because it's rather like... Um, imagine a clay pot, or same thing with a cast iron vessel. In order for them to be able to carry water, to have any kind of integrity to carry something out on behalf of, of a, a person, is that they have to be able to carry water. And without being put through the fire, they don't have the capacity to do that. They would crack and shatter 
into pieces. Right. And so how I'm using the, the term wound for the purpose of this discussion is that the wound is the piece that we came here to heal. And through healing it, we each bring more light and consciousness to the world. And one of the exciting things about this process is that we're going through this time where once upon a time there was a significant frequency difference between consciousness and the earth that the degree of difference is changing. There's, there's more light and energy coming onto the earth and so as a result of that, there's more and more remembering taking place. Hmm. So if I was a parent listening to this, because you talked about parenting being the, um, one of the, the biggest um, leadership learnings or leadership roles to step into, um, can you bring this, what is important for us to know, us parents, for example? One of the things from my journey that I've really come to, to understand and, and really wish for is that my parents were aware mm. that there are many children um, from each successive generation, it's, it's changing in that the children being born into families are coming in with a greater deal of remembering. And it's, it's hard for, for parents to know how to hold that child coming in and, and what their needs are. And, and so none of us is going to do what we do perfectly. There is no perfect. There's only the willingness to keep growing and both be as aware of what we're doing and learn how to heal our own wounds, learn what our wounds are and to heal them and in the doing of that, we can continue to support children better and better. So tell me a little bit more about how... um one identifies this. I mean, I, I resonate with what you're saying. and I, I feel that there are gifts that I bring that I know arose from some wounding. Um, but if I didn't know, and I was just struggling, wondering why I couldn't really understand what was going on with my kids or struggling at work, how would I identify this, this gift and this wound that you've been talking about? Well, there's, there's a big difference between how Western society trains and teaches people and a good deal of how we frame and hold things is, is through the linear and the rational. We, we want to have these how-to formulas and, and mm. that's just not the way life works. Mm. And then there's the whole experiential aspect and each has its place. And this is kind of sort of inappropriate, but just to give people um, the sense of the difference between linear learning and a linear concept and an experiential concept is just imagine the idea 
of an orgasm. This was guidance uh, recently, and this is one of the best descriptions <laughs> I've been given recently, even though it's a little outrageous. But Getting it's edgy like, on stories from the heart of leadership. It's okay. We can, we can, live, <laughs> we can sit with that. <laughs> you can write in and, and complain to d.mccray at rogers.com. <laughs> but imagine the idea, or when you first heard of the idea of orgasms, and now imagine having one. Yeah. Well, it's, it's like they're not even the same thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. One will bring you, the experiential will bring you right down into your body, and that's where the wound lives. Mm. The other keeps us way up in our head and keeps us uh, constantly moving away from the mm. wound. So the, the spiritual wound is, is more the notion, and I, I kind of divide it into two terms, and, and one way of looking at the, the wounds that human beings take on is to look at it through the spiritual framework, and it's, it's the one that connects us right across the, the planet, and that's the, the notion of moving from that expanded state of consciousness that um, state of unity into separation, into a physical body. It's, it's like our first experience of forgetting and getting kicked out of the garden. Mm. And then we form all these stories, and, and I rather suspect that that's the story framework that underlies uh, the story of Adam and Eve. Deborah, we need to go to a break, but when we come back, I want to hear more about um, this because I think this is very interesting for our listeners too. How to move from rational and how concepts and rational thought um, are so different from the actual experience. So, Stories from the Heart of Leadership on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. I'm Shamine Sadek, and I'm talking today with Deborah McRae of Shine Communications and Personal Growth. We'll be right back after the break. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. What does success mean to you? Is it being just like the person on the other side of the fence where the grass is supposedly greener? We harbor too many feelings of envy and suppressed anger targeted at others, and it's holding us back from our success. Tune in to Wealthy Thoughts with Richard Levy. Just by listening, you'll be empowered to make positive lifestyle changes to live the successful life that you deserve to live. Wealthy Thoughts can be heard every Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Hi, I'm Ed Krell, CEO of Destination Maternity. We proudly support the March of Dimes work to reduce the rate of premature birth. The numbers have gone down in the past five years, but still, nearly half a million babies are born too soon in the United States each year. We're helping the March of Dimes fund cutting-edge research and community programs to help more moms have full-term pregnancies and healthy babies. Join us in working together for stronger, healthier babies. Visit MarchofDimes.com. 
Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Listening to stories from the heart of leadership. If you have a question or comment, or just want to find out more about our program, please send Shamine an email. Her email address is shamine at anjaliLeadership.com. That's S H A H M E E N at A N J A L I Leadership.com. Now, back to stories from the heart of leadership. Welcome back. I'm Shamin Sadiq. And before we get back to our conversation with Deborah McRae of Shine Communications and Personal Growth, I want to take a moment to acknowledge uh, some of my sponsors. There is a, a sponsor that I'm very, very pleased to partner with called Full Circle Group and the Leadership Circle, two companies that uh, all... Um, sort of under one umbrella and this is a consulting group and an assessment technology company that I am just so thrilled to be associated with. Uh, To learn more about the Full Circle Group and the Leadership Circle, you can go to their website at fcg-global.com. And I wanted to let you know about an event that's coming up in Toronto on April 26th. It's a Power Circle. That is a small group program facilitated by yours truly, Shameen, me. Uh, It's $149 plus taxes, and we're holding it on Saturday, April 26th. If you're interested in joining us, you can go to my website, AnjaliLeadership.com, and register there. That's A-N-J-A-L-I Leadership.com. So, Deborah, before the break, we were touching on some edgy stuff <laughs> and also talking about this this distinction between rational and linear and um, experiential. And you were talking about the spiritual components um, as well as the fitting into a body. Mm-hmm. So, say more about where we were headed with that. Okay. So, I, I just want to back things up. For, for just a moment and um, just share with people that all healing has a few uh, predictable components to it. And, and kind of the, the first stage is at the beginning we're just existing and we're in a state where we're unconscious. And as the energy gets stronger, we get to the point where we can name the wound And a little bit along the way, we get to the point where we're willing to claim the wound and eventually we frame it. And so we move from a state of just existing into a state of uh, survival and then that takes us after into the ability to thrive. And, And so one of the wounds that we're most unconscious about is this sense of feeling like we were betrayed by God because we've forgotten that we chose the journey. And so we go from this kind of underlying unconscious notion 
of having get, gotten kicked out of the garden. And keep in mind, in that unitive state, all our needs were met. We, we didn't have to ask questions. All information was available to us. And we didn't have to eat or drink or pay bills or anything like that. Everything we needed was instantly provided. And so to go from that experience into this sensate experience in the body, and then we experience birth, which is kind of the wound that the flesh takes on, and we go through the next experience through birth of getting kicked out of the garden again. So we're in the womb, and we're having another experience, for the most part, of having all of our needs instantly met. And then everything starts shaking and quaking, and, and we go through this birthquake. Hmm. And underlying that, there is a, a kind of a notion of a betrayal of the mother. And as an energy therapist, I have been amazed at the number of people that come in, and they can instantly connect with how they feel they have been wounded through the mother, and the father is almost completely absent from the process. Hmm. Yes. And, and so there's, there's nothing deliberate that the mother's done. It's just simply we've left this unitive state to come out into um, having to ask to have our needs met, to having to learn how to, to get our needs met. And from there, we take on a number of different physical wounds. So for me, in in my journey of the wounded healer, and through nobody's fault, these were just the circumstances that, that I took on, is that I was conceived eight months, or sorry, nine months after my mother had given birth to her first child. Mm. Wow. So, so, so just imagine, you've, you've given birth, I mean, and just imagine that nine months after you've gone through the physically stressful experience of, of pregnancy and labor and the joyful aspects of it, that now you, before your body has really had a chance to, to heal and that you've had the full amount of time to spend with your first child, that your body's going through this process again. I can't even imagine that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yet so many mothers do. Mm. And sometimes they have the loving support of a community and partner, and sometimes they go through that alone. And so I was kind of, on one hand, looking forward to the journey of birth, and, and then on the other hand, um, coming into this environment where people were, were really stressed out. And, and for my journey, I had to take on many layers you know, it's like some people can do this with one or two. Nah, I had to take on <laughs> a whole dozen wounds or, or more. Mm. But my, physically, my, my body was in the breech position with the umbilical cord wrapped in my neck, around my neck. Then I had to be turned in utero. And then um, the water broke, but contractions didn't start. And um, I was given birth to and my mother because of the circumstances. Was, was highly drugged, so I was born to an unconscious mother. Mm. So the bonding thing kind of didn't happen. 
and then she was ill um, a couple months after, and so I was sent off to my grandmother, and then I spent two to three months with my grandmother and then was sent back. Wow. So there was a whole lot of not bonding, the, the not connecting to the family container and the tribe there, and, and so what, what that did was it meant that I, I didn't have a strong sensation of the people container, and more and more I had to reach out for sense of container. Hmm. And I was ris- listening to this show, um, Cosmos, the other night, uh, a show on Global that's just kind of come on, and one of the things that the man was talking about was that our kind of ancient ancestors, for their survival depended on pattern recognition. Of course. And, and going through the, the wounding process, and that's another thing that distinguishes the wounded healer, is as a result of learning how to survive their early circumstances, they develop these um, senses beyond the five and six senses as coping mechanisms to survive. <laughs> And those coping mechanisms, those higher sense perceptions we refer to them as, were often the types of um, gifts and abilities that in tribal societies that they would note that different children would have. And then they would start to uh, socialize them and train them and apprentice them in ways that would support the learning of those gifts. But for the most part, we don't have that here. And so what happens is that the wound becomes the apprenticeship, that life becomes the apprenticeship. Yes. And again, we don't know that until we're much older. Wow. Wow. And so is that that um, in your framework you talk about existing to survival to thriving it, we must be talking about between existing and survival right now. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So in that unconscious state, and, and it's very easy to get lost in it, I spent so, much, so many years just literally feeling like um, a, a little boat on, on the water in the middle of a storm and, and like not having a rudder or paddles, and, and very easy to get lost at sea. Mm. And, and so when you don't have a strong center, when you forget what instruments you've got in the bottom of your, of your boat, so to speak, so that's kind of our internal world, then we rely on our external world to define us. And it can pull us off course so easily. And so what ends up happening, and this certainly happened to me, is that, that once you're... Once your organism ends up using its resources in service to protecting the wound, it doesn't create resilience. So last episode, um, Royal was talking about this notion of resilience in children. Children that are constantly protecting their wound, and and for me there were a lot of physical wounds that I had to protect, Mm then they, they become vulnerable, they become victims. And then for people who put all their energy into doing anything 
to destroy the existence of the wound, much more likely to become bullies. Hmm. Wow. So that's how important it is that we identify and heal the wound. And so generation after generation has learned to protect and hide it. Hmm. And in, in, certain, in certain groups where there has been teaching and training, then they train the younger generations coming after them about the existence of the wound, and here's how you work with it. Hmm. And, and that the wound is not who we are. But in these early stages, um, there's no separation between us and the wound. We, we forget that we are that light and essence that connects us directly to our source. You know, when I think about this in my own life, I think about, um, you know, people talk about the, the gifts. I, I, I tend to talk about things in terms of gifts, and I know that you and I are um, in our medicine sisterhood um, holding that the wound the gift arises out of the wound and it depends on how this all gets cultivated or not and how we get taught to um, either uh, heal our wound or uh, cover it up will depend on how this gift kind of uh, manifests. But my the gifts that I've always known that I have are the ones of being smart, of being good, of being nice and agreeable and likable and, and agreeing with people so that they'll like me. Um, is, is that what we're talking about here? Absolutely. So there's a... There's, Defending that wound looks like what? Defending that wound can become, uh, part of the way we talk about it, uh, because the the wound can sometimes be interchangeable with what we notion as the unhealed ego. Mm. But rather than having our sense of self built on what's permanent and In terms of moving from life to life, the only thing that we take with us is our essence. And that essence resides in the very energetic core of our being. And when we pour all of our essence and energy into the core and radiate out from there, then we're powerhouses. That's the state of being an empowered being. And how we see ourselves and feel about ourselves doesn't rely on our externals. So if you, if you draw a circle in the model where the wound and the ego is in the center, yes. we put all our variables to the outside of the circle. So that could be on a physical level, our job, our partner, um, our looks, our sense of our professional designations, the amount of money we have, um, our, the approval from people that, that we need to have the approval of, our success. And what ends up happening is what's in the center that's impermanent, which is the ego, if our sense of self is built on the ego, we put that into the center of the circle, Mm. and 
we can't tolerate the, the unhealed ego cannot tolerate anything in that un- outer circle changing. And, and so when it does, if anything shifts, if the economy shifts and changes and the fluctuations that, that happened and when relationships go well or when relationships don't go well, that destabilizes the center if it's built on the impermanence of the unhealed ego. And, and how I work with ego is that that's a whole other story in and of <laughs> itself. But, but here's the thing, is that if you make the shift and put the authentic self, our essence, into the center of that circle and shift anything impermanent um, to the outside and, and let the center be held by what's permanent, then things start to shift. So center, shifting from founding, putting your foundation on what's impermanent to shifting it to building on something that is solid and permanent. And then you shift your identity into essence. Wow. When we come back from the break, I hope you're going to talk more about what that feels like Again, I'm trying to stay with the experiential as opposed to the <laughs> rational. Um, what would that feel like, the process of making that shift, of shifting from, from putting what's impermanent in the center to, to putting what's permanent or our authentic and essential selves in the center and building that, that as our foundation and building our lives um, mm-hmm. with that? I'll just, say, I'll just say this before the, the break, is yes. that that's the evolutionary shift that's taking place in humanity right now. Mm, beautiful, beautiful. This is Stories from the Heart of Leadership, and we're talking today with Deborah McRae about the path of the wounded healer. We'll be right back after this break. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. The Mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260-day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co-creation with great spirit. How will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in Earth's history? Peter Tung has dedicated over 20 years of his life's work to exploring that which is beyond understanding. Peter will help increase your awareness and education on this enlightening transformation in consciousness. Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation airs live Wednesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. Are you a business innovator or are you just sitting on the sidelines? Tune in every week for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Host Bonnie D. Graham talks to a cross-section of the movers and shakers who are leading by example. They will share best practices and innovative ideas to keep you thinking and moving along with the best. Join us for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP, Wednesday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. 
Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Listening to stories from the heart of leadership. If you have a question or comment, or just want to find out more about our program, please send Shamine an email. Her email address is shamine at anjaliLeadership.com. That's S H A H M E E N at A N J A L I Leadership.com. Now, back to stories from the heart of leadership. Welcome back. I'm your host, Shamin Sadiq, on Stories from the Heart of Leadership. Before we jump back into our conversation with Deborah, let me tell you about something else that's happening uh, in the near future. Uh, if you're living in Toronto and you are an executive coach or a leadership development professional or someone who works in OD or HR, and you'd like to become certified to use the Leadership Circle Profile and the Leadership Culture Survey, you can do so in Toronto April 9th to 11th. I'll be teaching this certification then here. And as well, I'm teaching in Chicago, May 7th to 9th, in the Washington, D.C. area, June 11 to 13, and in Denver, October 1st to 3rd. If you want to learn more or register, go to theleadershipcircle.com, and all your questions will be answered there. As well, I want to take a moment to acknowledge two other sponsors. I am so blessed to have so many wonderful partners in my life. In addition to Deborah, who's here with us today, I have two two colleagues, Jim Anderson and Dan Holden, who have been a tremendous support to me over the years as well. So I want to acknowledge them both. They, they are also sponsors of this show, and you can find out more about them and their books at www.fit2lead.com and at danielholdenassociates.com. So go check out their sites, check out their books, and um, learn more about these tremendous human beings. Speaking of human beings, uh, Deborah, you were talking before the break about this evolutionary shift that we're in the midst of, and um, we want to know more about that. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Shami. So we kind of go from this process of sleepwalking through life into a process of waking up. Um, In the second stage where we're naming the wound, we're opening to awareness and waking up to a willingness to, to be conscious and understanding that underlying all of it, we all have this longing to belong. And, and the, what works against that is the false notion that whatever we're going through, we're going through it alone, that we're the only one. And, and that false notion is what gets in the way of everybody's healing, everybody's therapy or training. So that's the first thing to wake up to. 
And when we get into the third stage, this is where evolution of consciousness really begins to kick in, where we claim the wound and the intent to heal it. And, and more than anything, the intent to learn how to heal it. And just that shift of intention really sets the wheels in motion because more energy has to be coming in to our organism to get to the place where we can actually do that. So you're saying that this third piece is to actually claim the intention to heal, not that you have to now go heal it. Um, and and do so in its entirety as if it's an event that is to be kind of finished with, more that this intention and this commitment to healing it is um, is tremendously powerful. Have I got that right? Yes, yes. And, and what happens is people go into their head and they'll want to have a blueprint, a step-by-step process about how to go about doing that. And actually all that does is takes us back into to the wound. Mm. I know that's true for me. I, I'm sure that you can recall many a time I've come in and said, well, how do I do this? How do I fix myself? How do I get it all sorted out? Yeah, yeah. all of us go there. You know, yeah. we're, we're, we're all human. And, and just one, one kind of framework or one um, picture that I want to put to that is just imagine when you go into your massage therapist and, and you've got um, a really sore body and, and they happen to be working on the area where you know, you've got a tight shoulder or a charley horse in in your calf. And the last thing we want to do is to have somebody put direct pressure on the trigger point where the, um, the, the wound or the sore spot exists. But if we can have the intent to stay present while the focus and the pressure is put there, then what starts to happen is that that starts to release. And then we sort of go, <sighs> and all of a sudden there's this lovely spaciousness and energetic flow that starts to take place. And something very similar to that happens on the level of our, our psyche and our um, energy system and, and even our mental system. And then all of a sudden, and, and this is with the, the, our ego as well, because our ego in the healthiest sense keeps growing with us rather than is something that we, we get rid of. Um, mm-hmm. So I approach that in a very different capacity. I, I don't think the Creator gave us anything that wasn't meant to be part of the journey. And along with that ego and um, wound, it's like if you think about the wound, and, and this was a lovely piece of guidance to think of, of the wound and, and the ego instead as the grain of sand that compels the oyster to create the pearl. Mm. Without it, we would not be compelled to grow. <laughs> of course. Yeah. And, and so that starts to slide into the notion of reframing the wound. You know, what's so interesting to me is I was with the kids on Friday at the school um, where I, I work, I do the Power Circles program once a month, and um, this thought crossed my mind just now when you were talking, and I was envisioning these kids, and I was thinking, wouldn't it be nice if there was no wound? Um, but I guess not. 
I guess not. That's what, uh, when you use this oyster and the grain of sand example, we, um, without, without that, we wouldn't be compelled yeah. to heal. Wow. Yeah. But, but what is exceptional along our journey, what, what changes our lives, is, is that when someone in some way steps in and says, you know something, you're not that. You're not the wound. You're not what happened to you. You're not your history. Your history happened to you, but you are something beyond that. Mm. And and then there's some space. We we take a little bit of distance and step back into um, another development uh, called witness consciousness. And that's when it's safe. That's like stepping back into the center of that circle I was talking about a little bit earlier. When you step into the center of your circle and you know you're not what's on the outside of your circle, it begins safe or be too it begins to be safe to change what's in the outer part of that circle and to have our circle of experience grow. Wow. So just the um, hearing that, the reminder that you are not your wound, you are not your experience, you have that experience, you had that experience, but you are not that, is such a gift then. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because until we do, it's like the bottom falls out and there's no solid ground to stand on. So we have to claim the ground underneath us in order to have a place to begin to work from and move forward from. Wow. Wow. So we begin to understand that there is actually a gift within the wound. And what we do with that wound, so whether that wound is a near-death experience, whether that wound is a loss of somebody close to us, um, an injury, an accident, that sometimes people experience those God sense, those as God sense. Mm. That it, it changed the path that they're on. And part of that path, a big part of that path, is the belief that money is the destination of life. Mm. Money is is a tool towards our destination often, but it's not the goal. It's not the destination. And when that becomes our sole destination, we begin to lose a bit of our sense of soul, our, our compassion, our heart. And, and as we begin to reframe and reclaim that's part of the process of really beginning to spiritualize matter, where we take our energetic aspect, and because it's safer to become, come deeper into our life, that actually starts to transform the, the physicalness of our being so that there's the capacity for experiencing heaven on earth. And we transform ourselves, we transform our relationships, our communities, and eventually our planet, and hopefully one day our political system. (laughs) (laughs) 
You know, I know that there is um, something you wanted to finish with to aid us um, along that transformative journey that we're all in, mm-hmm. and um, we're at that time. This was a gift that was written just for your show, Shamine. Oh, and beautiful. For, for to speak to the silent place in each and every person. So for whoever is listening, if you want to take this in, just take three nice, easy, deep breaths and just come into yourself for a moment. And receive this wherever you'd like to. And it's a little bit of a Celtic blessing from from my ancestors. And so, may all the gods that ever were bless you and yours and the courage of your purpose. And in the surrender of silent moments, may you gather into the circle of your heart all the wandered pieces of your soul. May you ever sense the richness of connecting to the greater circle of kindred and ancestors you walk among, and wrapped in the light of that quiet benediction, may you know that you never walk alone. That is so beautiful. So beautiful. And the gift that you are in my life, Deborah, is that you provide that reminder over and over again that I am not my wound uh, and that my essential self is um, this this beautiful essence that doesn't need to be defended or, or protected in any way and that I am not alone. And so I want you to know that what you have shared with us is your gift. At least the way I experience you is, is for me, this is your gift. Thank you so much for sharing it with us here today. Thank you. And it's a real privilege to work with you, Shamine, and to know that both you inspire me and all the people that are in your life, that you're using your work and your growth to go out and inspire to do that in their lives. Thank you. Thank you. I couldn't ask for more. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Well, it's that time, time to close our show. And I want to leave you with something to simmer in the pot. But what I prepared just doesn't seem to do justice to what we've talked about here. And so uh, my invitation is let this blessing that Deborah has just left us with simmer in your pot. And if you have any reflections that you'd like to share with me, uh, send me an email at shameen, S-H-A-H-M-E-E-N, at anjaliLeadership.com. That's A-N-J-A-L-I Leadership.com. Thanks so much for joining us. Next next week, we'll be back with um, actually a live coaching client is going to join me on the call next week. You're going to hear excerpts of me coaching her, and then we'll talk about what it's like to be a client of an executive coach. So that is what you have to look forward to next week. For now, thank you to our guest, Deborah McRae, to my producer, Doug McCormack, and all of the great folks at Voice America Thank you so much for your support and help and you're awesome to work with. And I will talk to you next week. Thank you so much for joining us today for Stories from the Heart of Leadership. Shamin Sadek will be back next Monday with another extraordinary guest at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. 
we hope you'll come back as well. Have a terrific week. And remember, you are not alone. 